This is the party with Serene and Pearl. Get it right, P O D D Y. Women and men, boys and girls, welcome back. It's the Trim Healthy Podcast with Serene, Pearl, Danny, and our very special guest today. We are so excited to have Josh Camp. Josh is founder and CEO of Lab Canna Biosciences. Does that excite you as much as it excites me just to hear the name, Pearl? The name is so awesome, but I just have to say. Yes, Serene. He doesn't go by Josh here. He goes by CBD Josh. I'll take it. Yeah, we actually met you, Josh, a few what a, a, close to a year back, was it? What? It was in the summer, early summer. Yeah, I, well, that's I think not it's, a year because I remember it being hot. It it feels like years. Yeah, I mean, really. no, he's cuz Josh now. He's, yeah, he's a cousin. He's, he's CBD cuz Josh. But today we actually have huge news, and that's why we brought Josh in because, um, trim healthy mama, we are bringing you a particular extraordinary formula of CBD. And we just want to talk today about why CBD. I know there's a stigma. We want to talk about why we're doing it in this way. Why are we jumping on this bandwagon? You know, it seems really fatty maybe. And we're going to talk about why we would do this. And Josh has a lot to do with why we're doing this. And we also have to talk about what CBD is because there could be some people listening thinking, what? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Okay, yeah. like keeping on going, what you're talking about? Alphabet soup? I remember our Scott, you all know and love Scott. He he has um, been with Trim Healthy Naturals. Him and Kathleen created all our face creams and now he runs the Butterfly Institute, which is our nonprofit. Amazing things happening there. But he came to us many, many months ago and said, girls, girls, I just want you to meet someone. I want you to meet someone. Have you ever considered doing CBD for the mamas? And I was like, no, I really haven't. You know, I'm just, I don't know. I don't, I don't I'm not that interested. And then he went to Serene. Serene said, well, we'll take a meeting. But Oh, I actually was interested. Yeah, because you're a little, you know. I was super, super interested because I heard She's about a little it for Arden. Well, Serene's a little bit on the left. I'm a bit on the left. I've got peacock pants on. She oh, you does. just mean like alternative? Like <laughs> Serene's on the fringe. We things. have the peacock, you know, uh, running loose on the land. <laughs> Our neighbor, Tie-Dye Mary, owns a peacock, but it's gone. Well, Serene, you've always appreciated solutions. And now I have peacock pants. We are going to let Josh speak, but I'm going to talk about how we met him. So Scott organized this meeting. We met Josh and I sat there and Josh started talking and I said, what the heck is CBD? For goodness sake, I don't know why I want this. But I want you to know I don't go to many meetings and I was there. That shows you how interested I was. And the stuff that came out of Josh's mouth, and that's what we're going to get him to share today, I was... I was dumbfounded. I was like, yes, I need this in my life. Not only do I need this in my not life, our mamas need this and this is going to be huge. And I was just completely from 5% maybe to 100 and million percent. To the point where Princess Pearl mm-hmm. got her little apron on and went and made a matching in for everyone in the room. <laughs> I did. And made us toast. It was, we to toasted. CBD yeah. Josh. Hey, so Josh, we did. We, we actually welcome. toasted right at mm-hmm. 420. Right? We did. Oh, that's <laughs> that was on that was actually on 420. Yeah. On oh, April that's 20th. interesting. There's so much stigma. There's so much junk about CBD going around there. Some people don't know what it is. Some people think it's like you're smoking <laughs> you're smoking marijuana or something. And then and then <clears> you know there's a lot of companies that have just started up and it's watered down stuff. So let's just get to why CBD, Josh. Yeah, those, those are all really really good points. It's. There still is a stigma around CBD and around THC and cannabis in general, and people still like to think that marijuana and hemp are different plants. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, these are all cannabis sativa that these cannabinoids are derived from, and these are compounds that are actually very, very similar to 
compounds in the human body called endocannabinoids. Yeah, you told me. I <clears> said to you, I said to you that day, Josh, why do I need CBD? And you said what? Well, a- as you age, I-, I like to draw the analogy to hormones because, you know, everyone knows at this point, as you age, your hormone levels change. Um, in me being a man, I have to be concerned with free testosterone and mm-hmm. those levels dropping as I, you know, push 40. And it's something that I've, I've had to deal with. The same thing happens in the body with endocannabinoids. The, in particular, an endocannabinoid called anandamide is responsible for controlling the expression of two chemicals that are, are glycoproteins. Essentially, they tell the immune system when and how to respond to problematic cells. And anandamide, as that endocannabinoid, those levels tend to decrease for a number of reasons. Your body starts making less. Also, there's an enzyme that becomes present, FAAH, that blocks anandamide. And that can lead to all sorts of problems, um, particularly inflammation. So as you age, you get more aches and pains, and you have a harder time sleeping because of the aches and pains. And it's really that that thread of thought that led me down the path of, of deeper research with cannabinoids. Can you explain, though? You're talking about cannabinoids, right? That was so new to me. Mm-hmm. I never heard it. And you told me about a system in my body I knew nothing about. In everybody's body, what's it called? Yeah, well, the, the way the way that endocannabinoid anandamide works is it actually binds with two receptors in a system that's present in your body. It's actually the largest system of extracellular receptors in the human body, in any mammal, uh, for that matter. It's called the endocannabinoid system. Um, CB1 and CB2 receptors control that communication. It's essentially a, it's a gateway for the immune system to communicate with cells. So we have a cannabinoid system in our bodies. Unbelievable. I didn't even know about it. It's called endocannabinoid. Endocannabinoid. And can I just say something? Amazingly, you were talking about how this is um, incredible to make sure that it is being nurtured as you age, this endocannabinoid system, just like hormones decline. Mm-hmm. These receptors can come in and block block the system. I'm just trying to like in lay term, whatever. And also it can recess itself, maybe, is what I got from right. what you said. But interestingly, from that one visit that we heard from you, babies get CBD in breast milk because they have this endocannabinoid system. Is that correct? So it's like- Not not necessarily CBD, cannabidiol, but there are a plethora of endocannabinoids present in breast milk. Yeah, right. that, that's correct. And it's actually a, a very vital part of the, the immune system developing. And yeah. And it's I, now thought to be one of the main reasons why breast milk is so important. Yes. And Josh, I was reading. So that triggered me. And I'm like, oh, I've got to learn more about the endocannabinoid system and how there is the can- cannabinoids. Ah, I'm not saying <laughs> it right. In breast milk. And, and I read, and you can help me uh, clarify this, but I read that it's actually the cannabinoids in breast milk that teach the baby how to suck and respond to the breast, it's like the first action that the baby ever does is actually nurtured by the cannabinoids in the breast milk and, you know, linking with the endocannabinoid system in the baby. Yeah. Is that yeah, amazing? I've- and now, can I get this straight too? Because for a lot of people like me who really knew nothing about it, Serene had studied some because, you know, as many of you know, her oldest son had cancer and Arden is completely cancer-free now. Oh, and <laughs> And he definitely took CBD um, in those last months when he got free. And that was just, I believe, an incredible part of his healing. It was, wasn't the reason, but it was a part of well, it. Well, God made yes. the endocannabinoid system yes. and he made exactly. plants but, that have cannabinoids so, in it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of foods have cannabinoids. Can is that the word cannabinoids in them? 
breast milk even has it in mm-hmm. it. Okay, so but there's a decline in this modern day of it in the in the foods and and out of all the plants and anything in this whole world. The hemp plant has the highest. Am I right? You're absolutely right. And there, there are a couple of theories on that. Actually, before the 1930s, before prohibition of cannabis, the entire food supply, all of our livestock primarily was fed hemp. And so those cannabinoids made it into our food supply. You know, by so we might not have been declining as quickly as we are now because we got a little bit with our milk. We got right, a little and, bit and with our vegetation. That's been ongoing for around 5,000 years. Also, medicines yes. were made with it as well. Yeah, yeah I, actually... It, it, in 1900, at the turn of the century, about 80% of the products that were on pharmacy shelves were cannabis-based. Is that I amazing? also heard that you say um, in one of our meetings that there was like feral, feral, what's the word, um, hemp, mm-hmm. the wild hemp. Yeah. And, and cows grazed on that too, even the wild grass-fed ones. Well, why isn't there no, why is there not that to this day? Why is there not wild hemp? Well, we've spent almost 90 years trying to eradicate it. Oh, okay. It's, because it became the drug. It, right. Well, it, it was always the same plant, but right. you know we had propaganda campaigns in the '30s mm-hmm. that that made it illegal and started to equate you know mm-hmm. all these these less than stellar behaviors and cultures with. How about the film? Yeah, um, what was drawn, drawn a blank. Um, Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Yeah, where they portray so was, teenagers smoking weed and acting like losing their minds, having meltdowns. Uh, oh yeah, you know. Sends you into murderous rage and mm-hmm. right. turns people into rapists. So Prozac it's, and all of this. It's ridiculous. All, all these other, all these other medicines now. Maybe it was a big governmental scam. Like let's get rid of the natural. It, it actually was. That's that's. You're not far off base. It actually was. Um, not necessarily conspiracy, but there were a lot of industrial companies that were lobbying to eradicate it because it threatened mm-hmm. their industries. So you talk about it being able to replace mm-hmm. cotton and be able to play, replace trees for pulp and paper and being able to replace um, you know these traditional Western pharmaceutical products. And Also, if you can grow your own medicine for free in your backyard, well, what does that do to the um, medical salespeople? What are right. they, the medicine salespeople? Right. It's a big well, deal. It, you know, GW Pharma right now, they, they got an FDA approval on Epidiolex and they're charging $32,500 per year for the exact same product that we manufacture and have for four years. Wow. Wow. So let's talk about the stigma of CBD. Um, You know, some people think, oh, well, Serena Pro, you're going to be selling drugs now. Now, obviously, that's you work with CBD, this the cannabinoids from him in a medicinal way. Mm-hmm. And so when we are talking about full spectrum hemp, which we are in our Trim Healthy Mama product we've worked on with you because we were so excited to do this, it's full spectrum. But what does that mean? Does someone get high from taking this? <laughs> Great question. Um, well, let's, let's back up and talk first about the differences between industrial hemp that we grow and that we manufacture our CBD products from and marijuana. Okay. <clears throat> Industrial hemp is a is any variety of cannabis that contains less than zero point three percent THC. So the plant weight. itself, you cannot get high from the plant itself. Correct. Basically, yes. Correct. So you know, you're, to draw a comparison in Colorado, California, these states that have legalized recreational, which now I think is ten states after this election, it's um really high THC varieties that okay. people are growing. It's to a variety get high. Have of they plant. hybridized it like modern wheat has been hybridized to have this excessive gluten? Have they hybridized the hemp to make it so, so psychoactive? Whatever that uh, well, it, marijuana, yes. And so that's, it's just selective breeding. Okay. And so what's happened, and there actually is a big pushback now with 
you know, there are varieties of tropical cannabis that contain higher levels of, of CBC, CBG, CBN. These are what we call minor cannabinoids. And the minor cannabinoids, uh, of which THC is one in hemp, mm. they actually contribute to what's called an entourage effect. And they actually help the body to deliver these cannabinoids where they need to go. And right. that coupled with specific terpenes, terpenes are the essentially the volatile compounds in plants that you smell. So mm. you think of lavender, you think of the smell. That's because of the terpenes that are present in that flower. So we're now learning that these terpenes in combination with different cannabinoids can contribute to the different effects. So it's not simply the THC level that determines, you know, what kind of high you get from a marijuana. Mm. It's a combination of factors. Yeah. Uh, the same holds true with, with hemp and the products that we, that we develop. We formulate these based on, on very sound science. And one area of rhetoric that we keep hearing, I, I know with the elections having just passed, these midterms brought out a lot of, well, we haven't done the research, so we, you know, we need to take a back seat, let the research happen. We work with organizations internationally that have been studying cannabinoids for over 80 years, yes. operating clinical trials for over 80 years. Their data is every bit as valid as anything that a university in the U.S. could put out. We've just been prohibited from doing it here. Right. right. So we've invested money overseas. So to summarize, um, the full spectrum industrial hemp does contain THC. THC is what is known to give like, the marijuana high, but it's in such a small amount, it's basically impossible to give you a high. However, Correct. it's very beneficial for healing the body, and it does give you a calm. Right, <laughs> right. And so, and I also want to just um, say again, reiterate for, for our mamas, is that it is not the hybridized marijuana plant that has been um, selectively maybe purified to create very, very, very excessively high levels mm. of THC, right? There is some some um, wild um, hemp that has, you know, maybe more THC than others, but not to the level of the marijuana plant that's been hybridized, correct? I'm just trying to show the difference. Right, there right. is marijuana. So we um, essentially, yeah. you're, you're dead on. And we've essentially done the same thing with, right. with hemp is we've selectively bred to increase CBD levels. And now there's a push for, for hybrid genetics and, and you know, more advanced breeding to increase levels of these other minor cannabinoids. Yes. So there, you know, CBG, for example, is a precursor to both THC and, CB, and CBD in the plant. <clears throat> CBG is now being found to have all kinds of other health benefits. CBN is known to help regulate sleep cycles and to help you uh, with relaxation. Though without getting you high they're they simply relax the body i, I cannot tell i'm going to start to we're going to start to talk about some of this before but you know i'm i'll be 48 in a few months um and happy birthday uh yeah it's no it's not too much but i just say that i bring it on <laughs> well before february this. the 11th my love no, for, oh, sorry my birthday's february no. <laughs> i just won't remember then i just she want wants my anniversary's in march. march yes your anniversary but um good thing i know you so well so no I think the last 10 years, it has just been my complete normal to wake up four times a night just to use the bathroom. And I don't complain about it. That's just me. Sometimes five, but never less, never less than three. Thank you for that. I'm just telling you because I had five babies and I just wake up. So what happened to me? You know, you guys, you guys brought some um, CBD oil and just said, just, you know, go ahead and just see what happens. You talked about what happened in your own life and, you know, mm -hmm. all your aches and pains. And you, Which we, we want to get into. Those. We want to yeah. hear his testimony. And so I took it. 
and I woke up the next morning. <laughs> I'm not. I slept through the night like a kid, like a kid. Now, recently, I have been out because we've been making this stuff for you know our mamas, and it's been in production. And I have been out, and I went back to the four or five times waking up. I'm back to it now, and I'm sleeping again. I'll wake up early, like at five thirty in the morning, but I've slept the whole night, and I don't. It's, it's amazing, this. isn't it? I, How I mean, does my bladder even do that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, we, we see that a lot. And the thing is, all we're doing with, with cannabinoids and introducing them in the body through a CBD oil is we're restoring that balance that's supposed to be there. I mean, we're Why we're is it making me sleep. sleep, though? What is in it, in it that um, makes well, me sleep through the night with, so much better? With the better. full spectrum, one of the reasons that you're able to probably fall asleep faster and you sleep deeper is because of the CBN. CBN. Uh, mm-hmm. But the CBD on its own, in its own right yeah. has that same sort of effect. Um, yeah. The reason that it has that effect is is largely unknown, but it has a lot to do with, in my opinion, of just the reduction of inflammation. Oh, um, can you tell your story? Yeah. Even just before he tells sure. it, can I just be a hog, Mike Hog, for ten seconds? I feel like I've been more hogging than you. Oh, and Danny hasn't hogged it all. I haven't had to s- gotten to say anything, and I'm actually an expert in this because <laughs> my son know. had seizures, and I had to research oh, all this. Yes, okay, no, so. I want to hear. But first, I just want to hog the mic for 10 seconds. When you said inflammation, I'm like, bingo. My little three-year-old, mm. um, he, we call him a drunken sailor. When he l- learned to crawl and learned to walk, it, it, he was just floppy mm-hmm. kind of. And um, he just knocked his teeth so many times. It's On your hard teeth. floor? Yeah, we have ceramic tile floor. And he just knocked it so many times till they all kind of like chipped away mm. and then they the nerve died and they're like black nubs and we don't really want to have him sedated in a dentist you know without being in the hospital at his age blah blah so we're trying to watch and watch and see and keep it all from being infected so we saw a lot of inflammation and we were just like ah we're not comfortable with this maybe we just have to go and like just have them taken out quick but I started brushing his teeth with the CBD oil Mm -hmm. that Arden was taking to to help fight the cancer the inflammation went down we saw like pain just leave his body mm-hmm. and he didn't have so many tantrums he was like became <laughs> yeah. like really angelic even though he's very very sweet he was just very more high-spirited than our other children he became so angelic and if i'm out of cbd for him it's like i have to get it back mm. <laughs> it's the same story with my five-year-old he's he's the rough and tumble and he's knocked out all of his teeth and it's we we dealt with the same things and he actually believe it or not was our first employee so that's <laughs> uh, great. At four years old, he he started begging for a few different things. He wanted a dirt bike. Yeah, and so I put him to work on the farm, and he, you know, completely his choice. I paid him more than we pay most people, but that kid works. He was growing your CBD plants. Yeah, he actually he planted about thirty thousand plants this Aww. year. <laughs> Last year, he put the shrink wraps on on thousands so you, of bottles. You guys have a local farm, then we do. Is so, it where and. In Franklin, Tennessee. It's in Franklin. Yeah, see, this is why we love Josh, because Josh, you know, he comes here and he's acting all all humble, but he has made massive, and you can tell how smart he is about all this, but he has made massive roads. He's been talking to government about this, you know, I mean, the whole medical system, um, Mm -hmm. all of that Josh is involved in. And it's grown right here in Franklin, Tennessee. And, you know, everything about this, even the seed you care for and you make sure is right. Can you tell us about your story? You told us about your pain that you used to be in. Yeah, well, I I can get to that in a second. But you you mentioned speaking to the medical community and things like that. And that's really, I think, what led me down this road is Mm -hmm. I had a fascination with medicine. Weren't you in medical school? Yeah, actually, med school dropout. So proud 
Um, Why'd you drop out though? You know, I, I worked for an oncologist my last couple of years of undergrad, and I was just sort of disgusted by the way Western medicine is treated. It's it's very political. It's very, it's a very greedy industry, mm. and it just it sort of sickened me. But at the same time, I got into that because I'm I'm kind of the king of rare. Mm. I've never been sick in my life. I've never had the flu or cold or anything like that. But I've had some very very rare conditions. Really? Yeah. I actually I died in the hospital at 17 no, from really? a from an abnormality in my heart really? and had to have an emergency surgery at Vanderbilt. Um, that was a life-changing experience for me, obviously, as, as near-death experiences are for most people. But following that, several years of, of great health, and then I broke out in a rash head to toe. It was a condition called pityriasis rosea. Mm. But for about nine months, I was treated with for all kinds of different things. And, you know, all the creams and steroid injections and uh, antibiotics and everything under the sun and nothing worked. I ended up going to a free clinic and was just honestly hoping to get something to help with itching. And the doctor there cleared her schedule and we sat down and went through her dermatology books until wow. we figured out what it was. Wow. I developed my own treatment of, of a UVA mm-hmm. light. And wow. so, I mean, it was, it was pretty fun, but it got me interested in clinical trials and kind of that whole process of, of proving theory. Wow. And you used ultraviolet light? I did. So, you know, you would think with with the depth, if you know anything about UVA, UVB, and UVC, you would think that, you know, penetration-wise, UVB would be better for a skin condition, but it wasn't the case. Very short bursts of UVA in a matter of days cleared it up. And is this wow. like a black light or purple light? No, it's, it's still very much um, a white light. Um, what I did is I actually called every tanning salon around town no way. and found out what brand bulbs they were using in their beds and because Actually, that's ultraviolet light. Yeah. Okay. And that's what it will, it'll, it'll tan you, right? It will tan you. And, and so. did this tan you when you did this to yourself? No, because UVA can actually be pretty dangerous, okay. um, you know, with longer exposure. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, for, for, for research purposes, I only went in for like a minute to two minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And so it, it wasn't ever for tanning. It was, I was experimenting on myself. Sure. But Love I immediately it. went back to school. Yeah, that's know. why we're friends. I know. <laughs> we're yeah, all guinea pigs. You've here. got all our hearts, and you're like, I experimented on myself. We're, it's like instantly we all have these flashes of all these like things crazy. we've done I've to done ourselves. Some yeah. Crazy stuff. Because sometimes okay. there's no help. You know, you got to figure it out. But it, it it did make me say, you know, the only thing that I've not challenged myself with is school. I I went to school for marketing, but I already knew it, and I worked for a marketing agency. I I went to school for electrical engineering at 17, but Oh, it was you're because, one of those young, brilliant. Well, oh, I was I was the 15 year old that bought a brand new car, wanted a sound system, couldn't afford it, so I learned how to build all of the components. <laughs> That's cool. And so I thought, cool, engineering. I I already know how to do all this stuff. Yeah. I've already studied it, but I was bored out of my mind, and so I thought, see, self taught, isn't it fun? Mm-hmm. So you know, medicine seemed like a challenge. It seemed like something that I needed to be in front of of professors to learn. I needed textbooks. I needed to study. And I felt like after that experience with that doctor, that I could be one of the doctors that changes the world through genuinely wanting to help people and not play victim to the politics. What I learned, though, while I was in school is that you can't really ride that line unless you don't want to make a very good living. Mm-hmm. You mean you have to choose? You do have to choose. It's it's essentially work for free or almost nothing or Make a make a living and be able to pay your your malpractice insurance and mm-hmm. be able to handle your your reimbursements in a way that justify all of the work you put in. And it's it's not a model that was appealing to me. So 
ultimately I left. I you know, finished undergrad and I never even bothered finishing the first semester of med school. But it's interesting that your interest in medicine and helping people didn't go away and, and, and hacking that system, so to speak, of how to help humans no, it, is still very present. It, it is. And, and that it's funny how life comes full circle because I actually, I definitely, in addition to kind of doing my own thing in high school and being young, I was a little bit of a rebel. And in 1993, my freshman year in high school, I wrote a paper titled Marijuana Will Save the World. <laughs> and it was, I almost got kicked out of Franklin High School for it. I and, was a uh, centennial man. Nice. Writing similar no. papers. You probably <laughs> like, were the op- opposing team and, at sports. But it, it, was, it was sort of dumbfounding how little information I could find about marijuana and hemp when I did my research. And ultimately, I, I felt like I wrote a great paper about the industrial uses and how you know, little simple facts like one acre of hemp can replace a hundred acre, one acre of hemp grown for one year can replace a hundred acres of trees grown for a hundred years with mm. regard to pulp production for paper and even building materials. Our new store, we used, we used hempcrete for two of the walls. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, don't worry. We're getting ready here to grow some hemp on our hilltop. Oh, you've got plenty of land. Goodness. It's just, it's amazing. I mean, every car that's made these days has hemp in the, mm. the composite panels. And people don't really realize it. It's just up until 2014, it was illegal to grow here, so we imported it all. Hey, you're listening to The Party with Serene and Pearl, and I'm Pearl, and who are you? (laughs) Serene. (laughs) This is The Party with Serene and Pearl. Get it right. It's P-O-D-D-Y. So much is public perspective, you know, of of what it is. You know, I mean, in the 80s, I, I remember the, you remember the commercial of the egg frying? Oh, yeah. This is your brain. This is this your brain, is your on, brain drugs. on drugs. And by drugs, they meant marijuana mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, our generation, I, I think we were kind of tainted. We probably experimented with more than past generations just simply because we were told, you know, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. If you smoke marijuana, you're you're going to end up a crackhead and dying in the street. Yeah. So, what's the it's, first thing a a fifteen year old wants to do is is see prove them wrong, see if that's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So, you know, I I think I think Dare did have a, a negative impact, but I mean, the sentiment was good. The research wasn't there, and this was a time fifty years after any research had stopped in the U.S. And so, people didn't know better. Now we do know better. Now we we live in a day and age where the research is accessible. We work with organizations like ICCT in the Czech Republic that have studied cannabinoids and run clinicals for over 80 years now. I mean, they're, they're very large organizations. And the research backs it up. The science, is, the science is out. You know, cat's out of the bag. But you don't need THC and you don't need to get high to enjoy the benefits mm-hmm. of the plant. Right. Even though the, the formula that we're making for our mamas is, is how much percent THC? Um. It should it should be right around point one percent. Yes, point three percent is the legal limit. Yeah, so it's right. less than the legal limit. Right, and naturally, oh, in you know normal industrial hemp mm-hmm. that hasn't been like super selected breeding, there is that that mm-hmm. natural percentage which just helps the CBD yeah. be absorbed properly and be utilized by the body. So it's not that THC is is bad. We need it. No, we need for the it. benefit. Yeah. We just don't want to selectively breed psycho um, amounts of THC into it so it becomes the pleasure Just for the high, yeah. No, can, we, can we talk to you, though, about – I want to hear because you, you explained this to Serena and I when we first met. 
you know, about your pain that you were having. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't even circle back to that. I, I forget about it all the time. Yeah. It's, it doesn't exist anymore. So right coming out of, out of school, I went to Europe and spent about six months, um, not backpacking. I actually had a fiance in Lithuania and we travel all over Eastern Europe. I went to Slovakia for a weekend and mountain climbing. I tore both my IT bands in my knees. And for almost a decade after that, I, I couldn't go down a flight of stairs. I couldn't drive in a car for more than a couple of hours oh. without sitting down and being in excruciating pain. Mm -hmm. And this is after physical therapy. And for about six months after it happened, I couldn't even walk. I mean, I, it, it was a struggle. And that's something that I just had kind of accepted that I would have to deal with the rest of my life. When I started taking CBD oil, it's three years ago now, I instantly felt the pain dwindle. I have zero pain now. How long did it take then for it to sort of go? Well, you know, let's going back to how it actually works in the yeah. body, it actually creates an environment for self-healing. Kind of brings balance to that mechanism that already exists. So and your so body sort of heals there, there itself. Is a, there is a healing process that has to take place. But in that regard, it's not like a, an ibuprofen or a, a Tylenol or any mm. of your opiates it doesn't cover up the pain. No. It actually lets your body heal. Yeah. And that's, that's an amazing thing. So but, it was about six months and then you no longer. Yeah. Well, I mean, just reducing the inflammation, you know, after a few days, you feel the yeah. pain subside. But it was, you know, maybe six to eight months before I, I woke up and I realized like, you know, it's it's been a long time since my knees hurt. An interesting story. The same thing happened to my husband. He has this uh, left shoulder. Oh, man, if you just touch, it's just like a mess. You can feel all the scar tissue and... Con ever since I've known him, it's constantly been in pain. He just lives with it. Um, but, you know, sometimes he asks me to rub it and we'll put hot packs on it. But but since the CPD, since you gave us that first bottle, you know, he started taking it. He never, ever – I just – he forgot, you know, that he had mm -hmm. a sore shoulder. No he just forgot so he wouldn't talk about it. And then we were out. And so the same time that I had to get up and go to the bathroom all night again, he's talking about his shoulder and, oh, honey, can you just rub my shoulder and that – and, you know, now we're back on and he's just doesn't mention it. It's anymore. awesome. We we get so many calls from people that just have these like epiphanies. Like they'll call and say, I didn't think it was working, but I Cause you forget. I just I just realized that I haven't felt that pain that I, yeah. I dealt with. It sneaks for up three on months. You. Yeah. And I have a, a relative on my husband's side who um is maybe, you know, getting a little older now and um terrible rheumatoid arthritis to the point where it's just affecting every part of of their life um, and um, her life. I, I'll just be, I don't want to be too specific, yeah. but um, yeah, <laughs> to the point where right now she, she got to the stage where she had to have steroids mm -hmm. and everything in her joints and it helped her a little, but she, we gave her a little um, vial of the CBD and she said it was way more potent for helping her. That's so you know, the, ster the steroids, the steroids just cover it up and they yeah. short term, you get short term relief. And then while you're, while you're not feeling that pain, you actually do more damage. And this particular and, person came from a hippie lifestyle. Yeah. And she and she knows the feeling of THC, and this didn't have that yeah. at right, all. Right, right, right. She knows. She's very aware of that. <laughs> well, it's, tell it's, us about your, you know, your story. Then I'm curious too. Seizures. Yeah. So my son is now 13. When he was, I want to say, around four years old, started having what's called focal seizures. And a focal seizure is um, 
mostly seizures of the mouth and face and and you'll see like twitching in the eye and the like one side usually um <clears throat> and he eventually uh started having full on grand mal seizures um especially at night as he was transitioning oh. into sleep Scary. his whole body would start convulsing. i mean just like out of a movie mm. you know his whole body would start convulsing he would totally lose Which consciousness that just makes Daniel. my test oh. my my chest tighten up to mm-hmm. yeah yeah his um his eyes would roll back in his head oh, and it was it when, when it first started happening it was really a scary thing to watch your kid do because uh, it just just as a parent you know your heart just all you want to do is make it stop and you can't and so i remember one time he he went into a full grand mal seizure we were camping out in our backyard and he he went into it and um after it was over we I said, are you cool? Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, why? You know, cause they don't have a recollection of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, man, what, what just happened there? Like, what were, were you in pain? He goes, no, he said, um, he goes, all of a sudden he goes, everything around me went into hyper color and it was dark. It was night. Mm-hmm. And he was like, but I saw color everywhere. And he goes, and around you was several layers, like a rainbow was just pulsating off of you. And when you moved, there was like little trails like wow. as you moved your hand, I would see trails left where you were, <laughs> right? And and in that moment, I, I thought, because we had already taken him to the doctor and he was diagnosed with um, Rolandic epilepsy, benign Rolandic epilepsy or, or whatever. He was epi- an epileptic kid, mm-hmm. right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, my son's an epileptic? This is crazy. And we chose to not give him the drug Neurontin because, I mean, the doctor, he came in he was there five minutes. He had written a prescription for Neurontin. Mm-hmm. We went home, we took it, we went home and did our research and found that um, it may or may not help with seizures, but it definitely will make him infertile as an adult. Oh, wow. And yeah. did the doctor say that to you? No. Oh. No, because he went to that school you were going to. Yeah, it's- a, I'm sorry, did I say that the, out loud? The, the, hey, the, the <laughs> I'm hustle, not mad. I love uh, medical. Yeah, there's I love a place it. We for need, it. We need, sure. we need medical. But unfortunately, I mean, we are the guinea pigs. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, we kind of are. The process, the process of getting drugs approved requires writing checks. It's right. not- So we decided, after he described that experience to me, I said, what if it's his brain's way of healing? Or maybe he's seeing really cool parts of the world that- we can't say, I mean, who am I to judge that this is even bad, that, that the seizure he's having is a negative thing. I, I don't, I've not, maybe it is, but I haven't seen that research yet that this is actually terrible. Everything I did read though, was that it was going to get worse and worse. And so I started typing into my browser alternatives to Neurontin, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, alternatives to, you know, for seizures. And I learned so much. And one of the things I learned was that most likely they would go away at puberty that these weren't a lifetime thing, um, unless you put them, start them on these pharmaceutical wow. anti-convulsant right. medications, and then in that case, um, they could actually reinforce and make it worse and after puberty. Though. And then he's now an, an adult epileptic who can't drive, on and on and on, and can't have children. Right. So we, uh, as I was doing that research, obviously um, medical marijuana was over and over on every article, everywhere. We found a strain called Charlotte's Web mm-hmm. yeah. that um, w- was a miracle um, a miracle fix for a little girl named Charlotte who I think had like hundreds of seizures a mm-hmm. week. She was taking this 
particular strain and it was curing her. People were here. Mm-hmm. Her seizures went down to none a week and people were leaving their cities and states, moving to Colorado and they were being called marijuana I, refugees. Yeah. I think yeah. that was one of the first, you know, CBD oils that sort of came on the market. That was the yeah, Stan- yeah. Stanley Brothers and, and um, now it's CW Hemp. They're, mm-hmm. yeah. they're no longer Charlotte's Web. Um, they're they're they have a great story. They're a good company. Yeah. Um, I. You know, personally, I feel like they've they've kind of decided that their product is good enough, and they haven't really advanced a whole lot. They've right, kept they've yeah. locked so, in that strain. Yeah, but they, isn't that why, like seizures? You know, you talk about your son and seizure. I think that's why a lot of states had so much pressure. They had to start legalizing this because it was ridiculous. You can't have you CBD oil it. in your state, and you can't. Yeah, yeah you and can't there's argue kids it. drive having to people having yeah, to move. That's a good point, and you know, that's something on the legal side that I've had to deal a lot with. Yes. is we had in in. 2014, the Farm Bill was passed federally <clears throat> that legalized the growth of industrial hemp grown under state agriculture programs. So it effectively legalized CBD from hemp nationally. Okay. Now, what happened is in 2015, 2016, legislation was passed in a lot of states that actually vaguely made it legal to have CBD oil that was derived from any source. Yeah, but it's vague, right? And, right. Or it was very condition specific. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to have CBD oil if your kid is diagnosed with epilepsy. It All it did was create this crazy gray area where mm-hmm. even to this day, we, we still have arguments with people about legality because mm-hmm. their state may have a law in the books that says it's illegal to have it if it's, you know, if you don't have a condition listed in a bullet point list. It's um, it's amazing to me, but no, we do actually grow and we manufacture these products under a federal program. Yeah, and that amazing. So. You know what we what we're gonna do is have a part two because we need to come back. We haven't even talked about our particular Trim Healthy Mama. No, we haven't even talked about uh, formulation. Like so why we did. But it's There's coming. There's a lot to talk about. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's a, that's a, you know we're six months of six months of R and D here. On, yeah, on... this has been R and D, and you know we've got so much to say. We want to talk about Annabelle's story. That's research story. and she development be here today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to come back for part two, and part two is even better than part one. We've just laid the groundwork, people, and then we're going to talk about what this formula actually is. Wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Okay. I'm, I'm excited. See you guys here next week. I'll be